morning, in person, online. Um, it's 2022. How many of you are happy that it's 2022? You don't know, Diane. I'm happy it's 2022. It really is a great time to reset, right? I, I hope that you go through that motion um, in your life of really allowing God to reset you and recalibrate you, right? Um, we all need to be recalibrated and readjusted and refined and reworked on, and right? Or maybe... You have it all together. <laughs> I've been at this, as you've heard, it's kind of like my 40-year 40, 40 anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to call it. And it's been an incredible journey. Right? Yes, indeed. I could share some heartaches just like you could in this journey of life. Um, but God is good. He's just a good God, and we don't deserve what he gives us, and we don't deserve the grace that he's given us. And So I'm just so thankful as I look at my family, and another holiday season has come, and we love Christmas. And God is just so good, and he is so faithful to us. Amen. So have that, have that perspective going into 2022. It has been a wild two years almost. None of us would have ever expected what we have gone through in a million years. But here we are. We made it, right? And we're going to make it. Amen. This didn't take God by surprise. It didn't, right? He's still on the throne. He's still God. I want to wrap up this series that's really been good for me. It's been a challenge. You know, when, when you get a word, um, many times as a preacher or a teacher, many of you will, will know this, it, it really... It really works on your soul, amen? It should. And it really convicts you, and it really stretches you. And so, as I've been going through miracles, signs, and wonders, God's been challenging me again on some promises and on some things that I've believed for back in, um, you know, there was, a, there was a season, it seemed like, that I was in the church that we talked a lot about this stuff. And it seems like that season isn't as often as it used to be. And so this morning, hopefully God's going to give you a couple nuggets of truth. We're going to really pray strong at the end of this. I've already dealt with miracles, and I want to review a couple of these really quick. Um, because really, it's hard to separate them, although I'm going to do that, right? Miracles, signs, and wonders, when we see them in reference, especially in New Testament, they're really wrapped up together. So... It's hard to separate them, but I've done my best to do that. But there is some overlapping in some of the scriptures that I shared last week. I'm going to share again this week, but just take a little different perspective. We talked about miracles um, to open this thing up. We talked about John and how God said that we'll do even greater things. And, and we really looked at Peter's life, which I think was really cool. I love to study Peter's life because I've always said this. Um, by the way, there's a new movie out. We're talking about going to it about, what was it, Kurt Warner is his name? Um, he was, that's a really cool story. He was a Christian. How many know that? And um, for me, I love going to the movies of underdogs, right? Especially when they're the truth. Because cause I can relate. Listen, most of us are not all that. 
Can you say amen? amen? And so many of us appear to be or feel like we're underdogs. And if I study the scripture right, the one thing that's incredible about this word is God loves to use the underdog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Bible says that those that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You study that sometimes. Meaning those that seem to be of lesser value are indispensable to the body of Christ. Yeah. Isn't that cool to know that you're needed? Yeah. That you're not just a, a, a byproduct? And so we talked about miracles. We talked about how Peter, it was miraculous, his gifting, his call, how he worked it out. He failed. He, he was a big mouth. He was a swearer. He was, he was a fisherman. He was the guy that you never would believe would be Peter the Rock, right? This guy comes out of nowhere and preaches the most dynamic, Holy Ghost-filled first sermon that bursts the church. And if you look at his past, that never should have happened. Right. And so when I read about guys like that, I get excited. Yeah. Because all I can look at in my life sometimes is the stupid things that I've done. And the inconsistencies and the weaknesses and how could God ever... And then I read about people like Peter and I get excited. Amen? Yeah. So we talked about that. We talked about signs last week. And we really kind of highlighted Stephen. Stephen's a very interesting character. Um, he really wasn't in five-fold ministry. I mean, we, you, you remember the story. The apostles are tired of doing menial tasks and waiting on tables, so they lay hands on I think it was seven or six, and Stephen was one of them. And all of a sudden, Stephen's like, on a rampage, right? The miracle signs and wonders are following his ministry. And by the way, he dies quick. So that's probably why a lot of you don't want to function in this, right? <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about Paul today as far as wonders go. And it's interesting because Paul was at that occasion. And I think it's very, very important that we know that because I believe Paul was a little freaked out by the way Stephen died. I think it perplexed him. I think it bothered him. I think it haunted him until he was converted. Because the Bible says when they're stoning him, hey, can you, let me just ask you something. Can any of you imagine being stoned to death? How many hits would it take? And our first reaction is to always cover our head, right? So in that midst, you know, the covering of the head, how many hits did it take before the final blow came? And the Bible says that he shone like an angel. I mean, so there's this bright light. There's this, this, this miraculous thing happening. And Stephen does something that maybe brings the, 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 the conversion of Paul. Because he says, please forgive them including Paul, for they know not what they do right now. Don't hold this against them. Even though they're killing me, I still care about their soul. Yeah. You tell me that's not miraculous. And Paul is listening to this stuff, and it's freaking him out. What man can do this? Well, a man full of the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. Amen. So 
let's talk about wonders today a little bit. And I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 2. And I think it's an important passage, 2, 1 through 4. Because God lays this thing out and basically says that signs and wonders and miracles are the will of God. And so let's read it again. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and has been confirmed to us by those who have heard? Now, verse 4. God also bearing witness both with what? Signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So I just want you to hear this and grab this. Signs, wonders, and miracles still are the will of God. Amen. 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 And we being a full gospel church, charismatic church, whatever we want to be labeled as, we should be believing for these things, praying for these things, trusting for these things. Amen? When you get that call from the doctor that you never thought that you would get, all of a sudden I can tell you, you're going to begin to believe in signs and wonders and miracles. Hello. I've always said this before, and let me, this is free of charge. The time for you to begin to memorize healing scriptures is not when you're in need of a healing. They should already be on the inside of you. So when that comes against you and hits you, you have a reservoir of understanding and revelation and faith that begins to rise up and begins to fight immediately. Amen. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. By his stripes I am healed. So all of a sudden, those healing scriptures that are on the inside of you, they now come alive. And it's real to you. It's not just this out in the, 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 the mystic thing, this is reality for you. Now faith has to kick in and you have to begin to believe. And I'm, and I'm telling you, I think it's tragic sometimes, and, and this is the truth, and I have to confess, sometimes I've been a little annoyed. It's either non-Christians or real mainstream evangelical Christians who I love, that we have more in common that we don't have in common. But when tragedy strikes, they were the same ones that would mock me, right? Yeah. Dislike me, ridicule me. Now they're knocking at my door wanting to believe for a miracle. Yeah. Right. And you want to know what my flesh would want to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember, you didn't want this stuff. See, the truth of the matter is that hopefully you have a reservoir of, of, of hope and faith on the inside of you. Right. Can anybody say amen? amen? All right, I need to get off of that. 
a proof of this, so in, signs is, is also mentioned in the Old Testament. Let me give you one example. Go to Exodus 3 really quick. And you know the story well. Most of you do. Let's read this 20 through 22. And in, in, uh, God's talking about what's going to happen, how he's going to deliver the Israelites. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders. By the way, I need to go back, and, and I'll go back there in a minute. And I will do in the midst, and after that, they will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. By the way, this is kind of cool. Listen to this. 22. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, clothing. You shall put on your sons and your daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. I always thought that was kind of cool, and we don't hear that preached about very often. But God says, I'm going to give signs so they have to let you go. But here's the cool part about when you get to go. You get their stuff. That's a pretty cool sign, right? Amen. By the way, I'm just, now don't label me one of those, but I'm just telling you that I do believe in godly prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear me? Let me ask you something. If we're going to reach every person with the gospel, do you think it will take money? Yeah. Hello. It's going to take a lot of money. Money is not evil, is it? It's so funny how so, so many non-Christians can misquote that verse. God says that money is evil. It is the love of money. So just know that I do believe that the church will come full circle, and I do believe we will begin to walk in a prosperity for the sake of the kingdom and the gospel. Can anybody say amen? amen. So that we can feed the so we can feed the poor, so we can take care of the widow, so we can go into every nation and preach the gospel and have enough to do what God's called us to do. Is that bad? Is that evil? We need some of their money. Can anybody say amen? amen? The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. The righteous. All right. I just wanted to clarify that. Money is not bad. Money does make people bad. Can anybody say amen? amen. By the way, I've always said this. The greatest test you ever could have is prosperity. And let me give you another word that you're not going to like this. Some of you are not prospering because he can't trust you yet. I've in my prayer closet, I've always said, God, test me to see if I could be a millionaire. <laughs> I think I can pass a test, God. I don't know, maybe. The truth of the matter is, why would he give us something that's going to change our relationship with him? Right. Hello. That's right. That's right. I do believe that some of us will experience it when we're ready. Can anybody say amen? It's not going to change our perspective. And actually, hopefully, it will draw us closer to Christ instead of away from him. Because the truth of the matter is, if we all would confess this morning, most times our closest 
times with Christ is during difficulties. Is that not true? Not during the good times and the high times and the smooth times. It's always during the rough times, the hard times, the difficult times when we're in a grind and we know that without God we can't make this thing happen. And then things, it was the same thing with Israel, right? Things became good and prosperous and smooth, and then they began to do idolatry and worship, and they got, they started to marry the wrong people, do the wrong things, and so they, had, they were always in this constant circle. Do you think yeah. that we're any different? No. I don't, because I've seen it in my own life. So, there, but, but God did send wonders to release them, to let the ungodly Egyptians know that he was still God. Can anybody say amen? amen. He's still on the throne. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. Let me go back really quick, and let me give you the definition of wonder before I forget as we're moving forward. So the definition of wonder, the science that deals with the unexplainable phenomena. By the way, it's teras. It denotes extraordinary occurrences, supernatural prodigies, omens, unusual manifestations, miraculous incidents uh, portending the future rather than the past, and acts that are unusual, they cause the observer to marvel or to be in awe. Taras is always in the plural associated with signs. They're kind of married together. Signs and wonders are a perfect balance for touching man's intellects, emotion, and will. See, signs and wonders can rock your world. And can I just tell you something? Sometimes people need to be rocked a little bit. They think they're too smart for God. They think that they're too intellectual for God. They think they're, right? And then come signs and wonders, and it goes, they go, and they realize they're nothing in the sight of our, our God. Can anybody say amen? amen? I just have a feeling the signs and wonders would help our cause of evangelism. Can I say it like that? Yeah. It would help us to spread the good news of Jesus Christ instead of Sometimes it feels like that we're at this, this battle all the times of trying to prove, right? By the way, you can't prove this thing intellectually. You can't do it. It is a hard issue. How many can say amen? amen. It is a hard issue. God has to melt, has to soften the heart, has to take away the blinders like we're going to talk about with Paul to be able to see clearly, amen? amen? And so when you're praying for people and others, sometimes you just got to pray that God would soften them, that just a seed can go in so they can comprehend the gospel, amen? amen. Let's go to Acts 4, and then we're going to go to Acts 9. So Acts is a tremendous chapter, obviously, about the birth of the church and we said this last week, and it's worth saying again. It's one of the reasons why it exploded, why it came on the scene, why it grew, because there were signs and wonders and miracles that followed their ministry That's right. that, the, that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees couldn't deny. They couldn't, 
They couldn't comprehend. They couldn't take it away. They couldn't negate it. It was up in their grill, and they couldn't stand it. And they'd bring them before and say, stop preaching this good news. Stop doing this stuff. We'll beat you. We'll... And it, it only motivated those crazy guys. They prayed harder. They believed more, and they expanded the gospel, right? Amen. And we know the persecution causes expansion many times. Acts chapter 4, four we read this last week, but it's worth reading again. And then we're going to go into the conversion of Paul and follow his life a little bit. So 29 says, Now, Lord, look at their threats. It's one of those times. And grant that your servants with all boldness may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, right? And that signs and wonders may be done through your holy servant, Jesus. This is their prayer when their back's against the wall again. They're saying, listen, give us more boldness, stretch out your hand, and do signs and wonders and miracles right in their face, right in their doubt, right in their ungodliness. And when they prayed, the place that they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. By the way, you, you can be loud and have no Holy Ghost. Amen. You can be a great motivational, charismatic speaker and have no punch. I'm telling you, it's the Holy Ghost that gives us boldness, that gives us the anointing and the power that the world can stand back and not deny what they see. Can anybody say amen? amen? Notable miracles. All right, let's talk about Paul's conversion. And I really want to leave, um, AJ, at least five or ten minutes for prayer at the end, so I'll make sure that we're conscious of that. Acts 9, I mean, most of you know the story. It's, it's really curious. It's a funny story because... After I got saved, I was, um, man, I was a heathen of all heathens. And I was terrified of Sunday school. Because back in that day in Sunday school, the teacher always asked you questions, right? And I was as ignorant as they, they got. So I, I went, because that's what you did in the church if you were a good Christian. You went to Sunday school. You went to church. You went to youth group, you went to Wednesday night service, you went to church 10, 12 times a week, it seemed like, right? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, that's what you did. And it was probably good for me. But I remember the, one of my first Sunday schools, they were talking about this, this passage. And I remember sitting there and praying, please don't call on me. I know nothing. I mean, I was so lost and felt so... But you know one of the great things that that did for me at a young conversion age? I began to get into the Bible, Amen. man, because I did not want to be humiliated in Sunday school class. So it motivated me to study this book because I didn't want to look like the dumb one there. Amen? So maybe it was good for me. 
Okay, we know about the story of, of, of Paul, but let's read a little bit of it. He's coming into Damascus, and at this time his name is Saul. Verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Remember, this is after Stephen's death. He's on a rampage. He, we know one thing about Paul. What he did, he did to the fullest. Right. When he persecuted the church and came against it, he did it with the fullest. When he was on board, he did it with his fullest, right? He was all in in what he did. And asked letters from the synagogues of Damascus that, that he should be found who were in the way, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He's trying to negate this whole movement. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, how many like suddenlies in the Bible? Yeah. As long as you're not on the end sometimes, by the way, of the suddenly. And suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you're persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? Many people mean, believe that this is talking about the pricking of his conscience, that he's already being convicted of what he's doing. And so he is trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, arise and go to the city and you'll be told what to do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And the story goes on that, that God talks to Ananias. He's blinded. He lays hands on him. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. A couple things that I want to bring out. This is Jeff Ekstrom's personal belief, okay? So please don't say that I said, thus saith the Lord in this. I'm not. I'm telling you what I believe. I believe prior to this, Paul has a serious conversation and challenge. I believe he challenged Jesus. That he really wasn't real. Even though he saw it, Paul was messed up. He's like, I don't believe in this. I don't agree with this, but I've been seeing stuff that's freaking me out. Jesus, if you're real, then you're going to have to prove it to me. That's my personal opinion. I don't know if it ever happened or not. I think it did. We'll find out someday when we get in heaven. And if I was wrong, you can pull me away from my house. By the way, I'm going to have a killer house. Have you ever seen a water slide that's like a million miles long? You come to my house, that's what you're going to get. I don't know if that's biblical either or not. I might be a millionaire up there. I believe there was a challenge that was given within him. That's me. Thank you. And I believe that Jesus knew what was on the inside of him, and here it comes. See, I want to tell you something. This can mess with our theology, and we all know that God gives us a free will, and I get that. 
But I can tell you that you better be careful when you challenge the, the Savior of the universe. Because can I just tell you something? You will lose. Jacob found that out, right? You will lose. And so I believe there's a challenge. When I was reading the story, I was reminded by uh, somebody that really influenced me well. His name was, no, his name was um, Leon Walters. He was a tremendous prophet down to Christian International. I'm sure he's still in ministry. I don't know. He, but I'll never forget this story, and it rocked my world. He was a, a successful businessman that at a young age, God had called him into ministry and confirmed his call. And, and for whatever reason, he completely drifted away from God's will in his life. And he said at a stoplight one day, going to work, he began to shout out to God and get up in his grill. Basically saying, whatever happened to the call on my life? I don't even know if you're still even real. And he begins to go after God and challenge God. Anyways, I don't have time to go into all the story. He lays us out in like a half an hour. But he said that three times God killed him. It took God killing him three times for him to surrender to the will of God for his life. He said one time he was on the highway and he knows that he knows that he knows an angel was in his car to kill him. And he drives off the side of the road. Can you imagine seeing this? He jumps out of his car, and he starts running through a field away from the angel. By the way, you can't outrun an angel. I don't really know what he was thinking. But he said the angel pinned him up against an oak tree, and God began to deal with his heart. Now, I know that's a radical story, and that's not going to happen to 99.9% .9 of us. But my point in saying that is this, that when we challenge or when we say that God isn't real, when we say that he doesn't hear, let me tell you something, God is God. And if he wants to manifest and let you know he's here, see, sometimes my prayer, and just let me just give you, this is for free. For some of you that are still believing for kids that are drifted away or whatever has happened, Sometimes a prayer needs to be like this. God, do whatever you have to do to wake them up. Amen? If you got to pin them down, if you got to uh, speak to them in a dream, if you've got to, whatever it takes to shake them, God, I'm asking you to do it. Amen? Because it's that important for their soul, is it not? So I believe that Paul had kind of challenged God. And I believe that Jesus said, all right, Paul, I'm going to let you know who I am. And he confronts him. And you know the story. And the amazing thing about Paul that I always have marveled, because, I mean, in your Christian journey, how many of you have stayed the course and never looked back ever? I don't know how many of us could say that we've done that. I have to say something, at least from what I read in Paul's ministry, after his conversion, he never looked back. The Bible even says, remember when Ananias is saying, 
Are you serious? The guy that's killing everybody, you want me to lay hands on him? Have you lost your mind? He, this could be an ambush, right? And God said yes. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm going to let him know how much he's going to have to suffer for my cause. I think Paul knew from an early, early Christian age that it would cost him everything. But that never dissuaded him. That never slowed him down, even after they beat him senseless. I mean, Paul was hard to kill. Was he not? The dude didn't die until it was his time. And so Paul really stayed the course. And I want you to see something that talks about his ministry. Go to Romans. And he's, he's in, in Romans chapter 15, he's talking about his ministry. And let's actually go from um, 15, I'm going to read 14 to 19. Now I, am self, I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of all goodness and filled with knowledge, able to also admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Isn't that interesting? Ministering the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Now watch this. In many signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Paul is basically saying... Not only did I answer the call, but I fully preached the gospel. In part of my life and part of my ministry, there were signs and there were wonders and there were miracles behind what I said. So do you think that potentially people listen to Paul? I do. And so you would say... And I would say, what is the gist of this whole package, this miracle signs and wonders? If we were ever in a season, an hour, that people need to see the miraculous is today. Amen. Can anybody say amen? amen? We need to be a part of a, in our families, of course, and in our homes, in our personal life, this should be who we are. This is, should be how we talk, what we believe, how we pray. But certainly, as a spirit-filled church, when people come into this place, I hope to heavens this is a part of our theology. Amen. That we Amen. don't think we're any better than any other church, whether they're Methodists or Baptists or 
assembly of God or whatever they are, right? Thank God we have more in agreement than we have in disagreement. I love them. They'll know that we are Christians for our love for one another, right? So we love them. But listen to me. If they don't want to believe in this stuff and agree in this stuff, doesn't mean they're going to persuade me from it. Can anybody say amen? amen? Paul said, I preached the full gospel. Everything that was in this book, everything that I was taught, I preached it to you. And you saw it with your own eyes. And I'm just at a place, you guys, where I just might be dumb enough, have enough childlike faith, in the middle of COVID, that miracles could break out again. Signs and wonders and miracles in this place that the, that the newspapers would come in and have to report. Someone was diagnosed and was on their deathbed. Now there's no explanation. All we know is a bunch of Christians laid hands and believed and something happened. That's the part of a movement that I want to be a part of. Can anybody say amen? Amen. So, Father, this morning, I'm asking you, in this coming new year, that you would refresh us, revive us, bring a fresh revelation of the power of the gospel. For it is the power unto salvation for all those who believe. We want to preach the full gospel in this hour. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For without you, we are nothing. But in you and through you, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And I'm asking you today, God, we have become weary. We've been beat up. We've been overloaded on social media, on the news. We've been bombarded and blasted and weighed down. We're asking you this morning to stir up faith inside of us, to stir up the call of God inside of us, to stir up hope, to stir up vision. God, reawaken for some people like we sang this morning their first love. Let us seek your face in 2022 like we never have before. The distractions to be gone. I break every lie of the enemy. I come against death. I come against depression. I come against despair. I come against anything that's contrary to your word. Let the men and the women of God begin to arise and have faith like never before. 
God, you said we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God, I long for the day. Even while we're in a shopping center. Let me share this story really quick because I think someone needs to hear it. I'll never forget. And shame on me because I did nothing with it. Going to Tinseltown in Erie, Pennsylvania to a movie and seeing a young man in a wheelchair. And the Holy Ghost whispered to me. And I pretended like I didn't hear. Have you ever done that? And I went and sat down and began to eat my popcorn. And God asked me a question. What if in the middle of a movie theater, the concession stands, that young man would have been healed? Do you believe revival could have been broke out right there, right then? And I said, God, forgive me for being so worried about what people will think, what they'll say. What if it doesn't happen? Big deal. Pick yourself back up again and do it again. Get over yourself and get over your pride. I don't know what that man is going through. That young man, maybe he'd been in a wheelchair his whole life. And I didn't have enough guts to go lay hands on him. I'm just telling you, that's the kind of stuff that we should be obeying when God whispers to us. I remember one time being in California and going to a gas station for coffee because we're on a different time zone, and there was a young man sitting out there, and I'm tired, and, and if anybody knows me, don't even look at me until I get my cup of coffee. I, I'm not even saved until my first cup of coffee comes. <laughs> And I get my cup of coffee, and this young man is sitting there, and God says, give him a $20 bill. And I said, no, he's a bum. <laughs> I kept walking. He said, you give the young man a $20 bill. And so I turned around, and I said, young man, what's your name? He told me his name. I said, God just told me to give you a $20 bill. And in with tears running down his eyes, he said, I left home and I'm angry. And I said, what are you angry about? And he began to tell me a story. And I said, you look at me. God sent me this morning to give you a $20 bill to go back home. But not just to go back home, to let you know how much he loves you and cares about you. Do you hear me? Yeah. Just, just crying like a baby. What if I would have kept walking? We're so stinking busy, so caught up on our own little worlds and lives and stuff. Changed his life. I don't know what he did with it. I hope he obeyed. But I did my part. It doesn't matter whether he did or not. So, Father, this morning, can you bow your heads and just hold out your hands? Father, we right now, let me ask you this. First of all, is anybody in need of a miracle this morning? I want you to raise your hands. Come on, raise them high. Don't be afraid. Raise them high. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, 
we declare even as we have preached that you're a God of miracles. Some are believing for loved ones to be saved that it seems impossible. Some need a physical healing this morning. Some need a financial miracle. Some need work. There's, there's a whole host of situations in this room. And I'm here to declare that we serve a miracle-working God. And so I couple my faith with theirs, and I speak in 2022, God, that they would see you move like never before. Let them cry out in faith. Let them begin to pray like they never prayed. Let them begin to worship like they never worshiped. Let them begin to read the word like they never read the word before. God, I pray for a passion for your presence. For in your presence, there is fullness of joy. God, we need joy unspeakable and full of glory. Father, so I'm asking today that for some, their RPJ is gone. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost would be a part of their DNA once again. Fill us with hope. Fill us with life. Fill us with purpose. God, make a way. What's your, what's your guys' name? What is it? Laura, are you guys married? And how old are you? So when I was worshiping, God just began to speak to me concerning you guys. And here's the word. God has it in control. has come peace to you guys you needed to hear that this morning and God will make a way where there seems to be no way do you hear me God will give you the desires of your heart you hang on to it together as a couple Pray about it as a couple, but you watch and see in 2022 how God makes a way, and you will only be able to point to heaven and say, this is the God of the miraculous that has caused this thing to come to be. So, Father, I pray for this couple. I'm asking you for doors to open up. I'm asking you for the miraculous power to become reality for their lives. God, I pray for the call of God upon their lives. I break every demonic attack against them to steal, kill, and destroy. And I speak a season of blessing and abundance over your life, over your marriage, over your finances, over your future children. Do you hear me? God's able to do it. God is able to do it. And you begin to fight and you begin to contend that my God is able to do what he said he would do. Can anybody say amen? Come on, let's give God praise. Father, we believe you're going to do it. Let us out in the song.